about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In, and every week we get together to see if we can get a little, little more All In with the Lord. I pray that you are having an exciting week, exciting month. Now, many months ago, um, you know, a number of Christians were called to pray. I hope you were one of them. And one of the things that we were praying for and still are praying for is that true wickedness in high places would be revealed. That all that was hidden would be made clear to the public. So let's continue to pray and pray that the Lord, our God, will reveal all that is hidden and that all that was working to destroy this country and the godly values that this country stands for would cease and desist. And it is time for the true Christians to rise up. The Bible refers to them as a remnant, a special group of people called by His name at a time and a place in history. And as we begin this program, I want to remind everybody that as a child of God, you are not in darkness. You are not going to be surprised. <coughs> Excuse me. You're not going to be surprised when Jesus returns. You're going to know. Because even though the world will be surprised, you will have your eyes opened and be ready to go. So let's start out by reading this scripture. And um, it's called the Day of the Lord. And um, in verse 5 it says, Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman <clears throat> that they will not escape. So, what we're talking about here and what Jesus, God is talking about, the Word is talking about, is that it's going to come like a thief in the night, but not to you. And I, as believers, to those who are in the world. Let's continue to read. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us not be like others who are asleep. But let us be awake and sober. 
For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't appoint you to wrath. Salvation is what he's talking about, not wrath. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. So just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard, in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, disheartened, help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them and hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. <clears throat> and so, what he's saying here is that even though in these times, there are those who think we're just days away from Jesus returning. Days away from the rapture. It will not overtake you like a thief in the night. Not if you are in Christ. God will see to it that you will absolutely know at that time, not in advance necessarily, but at that time you will absolutely know when he's returning. Our Lord has a plan to work out all the details in every circumstance in this country. He's not allowing this country to go down. He is going to lift it up. And he's going to lift it up. He's going to lift it up now. I believe America is about to be reborn. And we are all a part of that opportunity of, of making it be reborn. So, how do we do that? We get out there and participate and not be shy about talking about God's Word. If you are someone who calls yourself a Christian and think it's okay to murder children after they're born out of the womb, there's something radically wrong with where you read the Bible. If you're someone who thinks it's okay to bring in a socialist communist nation and allow them to change our laws and rules, there's something radically wrong with your thinking. You have not yet read the Bible. Or if you think you've read the Bible, you have not listened to the Holy Spirit. God came and Jesus came to bring you out of slavery. That's right, slavery. You were a slave to Satan. 
You were a slave to this world. You were a slave to sin. And God came, sent His only Son, to set you free from slavery. Why then would you want to go back to it? By putting yourself into subjection to a government, or anything for that matter, that wants to take total control over all things. I know it often sounds good, some of the things they promise, but what God promises is life, and life more abundantly. So, what are we to do? What are we to do? Here's Romans 5.8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's right. He died for us while we were still acting stupid. While we were still sinning. Do you know anybody still acting that way? He died for them too. They just don't know it yet. Or they just haven't acknowledged it yet. Or they just haven't received it yet. And our job is to help them to discover that. We have a mission here. If you are a born-again Christian, and there are others around you that really get you upset because of the way they act, or the way they vote, or the way they talk, don't hate them. Love them. But teach them, and show them, and open their minds and talk to them about how God came, Jesus came, in the flesh, to set them free from slavery. Slavery. I, I mean, we're hearing a lot about that. Like somehow this country never changed from its wicked ways. That is such a lie. We did change. God made sure of it. Now, He also changed all of us took us out of slavery and set us free with the word that he gave us. But there are those who don't know that. There are those who still act like they're a slave to sickness, a slave to sin, a slave to poverty, a slave, a victim, to the point where somebody has to take care of them. And yet God came and Jesus came and said, you can have life and have it more abundantly. You are no longer a slave. You are no longer under the law. You have been redeemed from the curse that's attached to the breaking of the law. When you are acknowledging Jesus, are you acknowledging Jesus? Then don't act like a slave anymore. Don't act like a victim anymore. Act like one who knows the Word has given power over sickness, power over disease, power over poverty, power over socialistic views, power over who we put in leadership in this country. The Word of God tells us that when the righteous rule, people live in peace. And when they don't, it's not a good situation. Now, it says here, Since we have now been justified by His blood, 
how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? There's the word wrath again. He's not come to bring wrath on you. How much more will we be delivered, saved from the wrath through him? If while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Remember, you were still messing up. You were still probably even not even thinking that God needed to do anything for you because you did it all for yourself. And yet he went and came and died, suffered and died, and descended into hell, rose from the dead, because there would be a come a time in your life where you say, I don't know, I recognize I need a Savior. And he became that for you and I. But you didn't know that. You didn't know it initially. And so all the people out there that you're really mad at right now, maybe there's some politicians like that, you got to love them. And you got to pray for them. If you're really finding yourself upset with certain politicians, you need to put them on top of your prayer list and pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal himself to these people, that their wickedness would be revealed, but that the Holy Spirit would enter them and they would be forgiven and they would acknowledge Jesus as Lord. The only way to help those people, you're not going to debate them and change their mind. You're going to have to get to the crux of the matter, their spirit, the spirit man within them that's being controlled by demon, demon control. Because if you don't have Jesus in you, you're wide open to any thought that's passing along. And these low-level demons come along whispering thoughts into your head. You know, I've heard some really interesting thoughts uh, you know, uh, from people that have told me, you know, what they're thinking about uh, voting and the future, and they don't have a clue. They just don't have a clue. And I really don't care what they think. You know what I care? I care what God's Word says. And if His Word says that He wants the righteous to rule, and His Word says that we are not to kill babies out of the womb, because they used to do that, you know. That was a practice back in the, uh, I don't know what years they, they were, but they, that was child sacrifice. They, were, they, they wanted to kill every baby that was born, in case, especially if it was a male, because it could have been something coming from God into this earth. So this is not new. It's just packaged differently. Now we have all the rights that a woman should have coming down and saying, well, I have the right to choose, right? I have the right to choose murdering a child that was already conceived and born. So we have to pray for these types of thoughts that come from people. We have to bind these spirits. It's going to be done in the spirit. And you and I, as Christians, need to do something about it and are. We are doing something. God has called his people together. Are you one of them? Are you come together to, to, to join us in this? I hope so. <clears throat> so, here in 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Oh yeah, you're, gonna, you're going there. 
You're going to all go to the judgment seat of Christ. Every single one of us is going. There's no escape. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Wow. How are you going to handle that? But I'm forgiven by the blood. Yes, but you're going to have on your record things that you didn't vote properly for. And it's going to subtract from what you could have had in heaven. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about the reward system. I'm not talking about if you make it into heaven. If you accept Jesus, you're going. But if you continue to operate in your vile ways and not listen to God's word, you're gone before the judgment seat. And that judgment seat, God is going to say, okay, I forgive you. However, you could have had this, but now because of your choices, while you were a born-again Christian, it's holding me back from rewarding you more. So your eternal reward has to do with if you follow God's word. If you follow what his destiny is for you and I. And you can add to your reward by listening to the Holy Spirit. Getting on the right side of history. Getting on the right side, most of all, of the Most High God. You cannot call yourself a Christian and then continually operate as if you know better than God. And expect that there'll be no consequence for those actions. That, my friend, is the way it's going to be. Will you make it into heaven? Absolutely. Will you look at yourself later in heaven and say, why did I do that? Absolutely. I believe the worst part of getting to heaven, if there is a worst part, will be when God shows you what you could have been what you could have done if you had just listened to him. And I don't want to be one of those that sits back and says, well, I didn't want to risk my talent, so I hid it. I dug a hole and put my anointing, my talent, in that hole. Because if other people saw it, they might hurt me, they might steal from me, they might not like me. But I kept it, Lord. I still have that anointing. I still have that gift. Friends, what does God say to those people? Wicked. He called the guy wicked that hid the talent. Depart from me. You didn't even know what I was talking about. So here, I'm talking about rewards in heaven. And your reward and my reward is based on how you and I fulfill the destiny that God has planned for us. How do you find out what that is? Ask Him. Father, show me the destiny. Thank you that I am seated in Christ, and where's Christ seated? At God's right hand. So I'm seated in Christ at the right hand of God. Thank you, sir, for that opportunity. Now, thank you for helping me to fulfill the perfect destiny that you have for me while I'm in this body 
on this earth. Thank you for helping me to discover what you wrote in my book as my perfect destiny. Because God's going to show it to you. He'll show it to you here and help you to fulfill it. Or when you get to heaven, he'll show you the book he wrote with your perfect destiny and said, well, you let fear get in the way. You didn't get take the word and, and do what I asked you to do it. If Jesus would have hid his talent, there would be no cross and there would be no salvation and all would have been lost. Now, God's not asking you to go to the cross. He isn't. Jesus did that. Don't think you somehow have a cross that's even close to being worthy of the cross of Jesus. Boy, that is such a hypocritical thought. However, each one of us has a destiny, and we have to fight the good fight of faith. And yes, you have to pick up a cross, your daily fight of faith but not the cross that Jesus had. There's only one, and done. And he did it for you, for me. And all we have to do is acknowledge it. And listen, hearken to the Holy Spirit. Remember the first scripture I read? It said, you will not be overtaken like the others if if you are listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will <coughs> excuse me. The Holy Spirit will give you the clarity to know exactly when God is coming back, when Jesus is returning. And he's not coming back weak. He's coming back strong. And that day will come. The rapture will come. But personally, I don't believe the church is leaving this planet. Broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. That would be a terrible testimonial for what Jesus did for us. I believe the church is about to rebound and stand strong and come out of this in a way that we couldn't ever imagine. Strong. Using the word boldly. And God is calling us all to do that right now. So in Corinthians there, we're Second Corinthians, where it says we're going to appear before the judgment seat. Get ready. Be excited about that judgment seat. God is all just. Yes, he's all merciful, but he's all just. And he will bring before you everything. Everything you could have done, everything you should have done, and everything you did. And we will have to say, Father, forgive me. Show me the mercy, please. And he will. His mercy endureth forever. However, your rewards can be great if you listen now. That's the message. Here in Revelation 19.6, verse 10, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad, and give Him the glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, 
was given to her to wear. wear. We are the bride of Christ. Make yourself ready for the ceremony. That's what it's all about. Get ready to be the bride of Christ. Make yourself ready. Make yourself ready. How do you do that? Putting on the full armor of God. Taking in the Word of God. Taking it in. Taking it in. Let us rejoice and be glad. Get ready. I mean, that's the best thing ever. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. So, are you invited to the wedding supper? It's coming. It's not far off. Is it tomorrow? I don't know, but I don't think so. I think the church is about to stand up boldly in this earth, stating the Word of God as fact. And we, yes, we in Christ, are going to demonstrate the power of God so that we as the bride of Christ will make Him look great. I don't know if you're a married person, but when you stand next to your spouse, they should make you look even smarter. They can make you look even more beautiful because you're together. And that is what we are to compliment and how we are to compliment our Lord and Savior. Don't embarrass Him by hiding in the shadows. Stand up for the Word of God and don't back down. Ask the Lord how you're supposed to speak to others. Not putting them down or con- 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 you know, trying to condemn them, but rather to teach that God's Word says God loves you right now, no matter how you're thinking. But He would really prefer you weren't murdering babies. That's a fact. And I think that all of us, as we approach this election, if that's not the number one thought on your brain, well then, slavery in America would be the number two. Taking away freedom of speech of religion would be number two. And that's something we can't afford to find out about. And won't, if you vote the way God wants you to vote. So we're going to take a break. We'll come right back after these messages. We're talking about a very significant, important time in history. Are you with us? Or are you on your own hiding your talent? Don't do it. It's consequences too great. We'll be right back. Don't go away. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Freedom. 
In Ephesians 6.16, the Apostle Paul says that above all, to stand against the devil's schemes, we must pick up and use the shield of faith. This faith shield is perhaps the most important piece of defensive armor against the fiery darts of the wicked one because it's versatile, mobile, and capable of protecting the entire body. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network with another Stand in the Gap Minute. Faith is that unswerving trust in God to do all he says he'll do protection from the fiery darts, those temptations from the devil, those enticements to the sins of blasphemous thoughts and unbelief. The sudden urging to do wrong or entertain sinful thoughts is what only true faith can protect against. These fiery darts, like speeding arrows, come suddenly and from unexpected places. They pierce and penetrate and can set the soul on fire. How's your faith, Shield? Will you join the battle for truth with us at Stand in the Gap Radio and TV? Sign up at standinthegapmedia.org. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. And we're back. And uh, as always on this program, we're talking about being all in with the Lord. And uh, it's exciting to think that we have an opportunity to be all in with the Lord. If you can imagine the creator of the universe creating us, each one of us, and then elevating us in his mind to a place where he says, you can be with me on my level. I want you to be in, you're made in my image and likeness. I want you to operate on the same level that I operate. And I want you to be like me. And you were before Adam fell but you didn't understand it all. So when it got stolen, and it was stolen by Lucifer, I had to come up with a plan to take it back and hand it to you. And I came up with that plan, and I handed it back. Please don't waste it. I gave you, I brought you back out of slavery from Lucifer. Lucifer took Adam into slavery. Jesus defeated Lucifer and got us out of slavery. You say, a slave to what? To the way you think. You're a slave to what you think can happen or what you think can't happen. You're a slave to what a doctor says sometimes. You're a slave to what the economy says. You're a slave to what people in leadership do that affects your life. Yet here we are, born again. And Jesus said that in him, we don't have to think about anything. God created us. 
He created us in a way to that our, our whole existence would give us and deliver to us anything and everything that we need in life. Food, drink, money, um, health. We know that when the body gets a cut, it starts to repair itself right away. It wants to, to repair itself. But slavery in our mind says, well, there are certain things that just can't be repaired. Really? I'm not saying not to use doctors. But really? You're saying that God, the Almighty God, can't reach down in your life right now and repair wholly something that's going on in your life? Don't say those kinds of things. Acknowledge the fact that you may not be ready to receive it, but you want to. Listen to the doctors, of course, but wouldn't you rather wake up tomorrow and have that problem, whatever it is, totally gone? But if you don't even ask, because you don't believe it's possible, you are a slave to believing it's not possible. See, we're all slaves to thinking certain ways. And it's not easy, I'll be honest, to just break out of it. It takes repeating the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, day after day, in order to transform your thinking. So, that's what we do. We praise God, and um, not everyone sees what we're talking about. And it says that here in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age... <coughs> has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. Let's take a scientist who would say, I don't believe in God, but somehow discovers all the rules by which the government of God operates, discovers all the rules by which the kingdom of God operates. And he starts to use them apart from God. In other words, he's able to decide what he wants. He's able to write it down, get pictures made up in the imagination, believe so strongly they're going to come to pass, and the system that works for us, that God created, begins to work because it doesn't have a sense of humor. It doesn't discern between the believer and the unbeliever. It just works on this planet. That's why Lucifer got away with it for so long. That's why he thought he could be like God, because God created a system from Adam for Adam and Eve and all of us that would allow us to be like God. We could create. That's what this planet was designed for. But Lucifer said, boy, if I can get a hold of that, then they'll have to go through me to get what they want, and I will be their God. And that's what Lucifer became, the God of planet Earth. And that's why when people bl want to blame God for like all these things, like why do children die of cancer? Why does anything happen that's not good? It's not the God we serve. It is the God of this planet, Lucifer, who took over legally in the garden from Adam until Jesus came and got it back. 
So now he's literally holding on to things illegally from believers who don't know enough to take it back. And that's the bottom line. You don't know enough to take it back. If, if it's yours and it's sitting there, you have the title to it, but you don't exercise your legal right to take it back. Why? Because maybe you're afraid. Or maybe you're just, I don't know. You don't believe enough? I don't know. But I'll tell you right now, the God of this age has blinded the other people. They can't see it. But as a born-again Christian, you can see it. And God's holding you accountable because your eyes have been opened. In Isaiah 14, 14 through 16, it says, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. This is Lucifer talking. I will make myself like the Most High, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. We're talking about Lucifer. Is this the man who shook the earth and made kingdoms tremble? Lucifer said, I will be like the most finely. He created something where I can be just like God. And he gave it to man, but I'm taking it from man. And I'm going to create my own world, and I will be like God. And then he says, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead. So Lucifer's brought down, and he was brought down by Jesus. He's done, except for those Christians who don't understand that he's done. Don't give him legal right to take anything from you. Take it back by force of faith. That's how it works. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who see and stare at you will ponder your fate and go, is this, is this the devil that shook the earth? We were afraid of that. It's not how big he is. It's not what he looks like. He's that he understood the kingdom of God on earth and used it against man who God made it for. But good news, Jesus came and beat him, defeated him, and legally got back our rights. But Christians are walking around every day like slaves because they don't know how to take back what Jesus got them. I, I mean, we struggle with that daily. You fight the good fight of faith. How can we overcome? And that's what we do with the power of God's Word. That's what we have to do. Here in Psalm 82, verse 4 through 6, Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. The gods know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, You are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. Now, don't panic, because I said that. I'm reading it right out of Psalms, okay? Not big G's, little G's. You're little gods in God's image and likeness, but don't. you're not acting like Him. 
And I know that shakes people up. Oh, you can't say that. What are you talking about? Then take it out of the Bible. Go into Psalms 82, 4 through 6 and rip out the page and start to modify the Word of God to fit your little situation. If you're going to be that way, you might as well go through the whole book and take out any reference to that. But if not, then live up to it and start acting like a child of God. Little g, not big g, little g. But it says right here, I said you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. What are you going to do with that? You're going to continue to act mealy-mouthed, broke, busted, sick, disgusted, queasy, wheezy, (laughs) scared, fearful, timid, filled with trembling and anxiety? Or are you going to say the words, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And though the mountains tumble into the sea and the earth be done away, still will I not fear, for this truly is the day the Lord has made, and I for one will rejoice and be glad in it. I, for one, will proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, for one, will declare victory in my life, in my family's life. I, for one, will plead the blood of Jesus over myself, my life, my family, and all my children and their grandchildren. I declare them off limits to the demonic of this world because I am a child of God redeemed by the Son Jesus, who defeated the Luciferic idiot that was all in this earth, taking control over it. I demand, and I command, the angels of this world that came to to be with us, and I dispatched them over and surrounding my finances, my home, my family, my children, their grandchildren, all around us, the blood, and we have victory in Satan. You have no no authority, no power, because we walk, not as mere men, but we walk in the image and likeness of our Father, God. Isn't that a great way to look at it? Is that the way you look at it? Or, you know, are you still hiding in the corner every day? We need to put on the armor of God every day. Every day. Here in 1 Thessalonians number uh, 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 9 through 10. For they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. You see, God doesn't want you to go through any wrath. You don't have to worry about this world or this country having Armageddon with you in it. He will deliver you from it. There will be a time where he will remove his church. And it's coming. It's coming. And you'll know. When it gets here, you'll just know. But... He will redeem, you have been redeemed from wrath. You've been delivered from it. You turned from, you turned to God from your idols. What are your idols? Who do you worship other than God? Could be sports, could be things you buy. Make them second. Don't make them first. 
make God first. Our God, we love our God with all of our heart and all of our mind and all of our soul. He wants you to enjoy your sports and your cars and your money and your home and your family, but put Him first. Become the true bride of Christ, the true bride. And if you truly are a part of the bride of Christ, which is what the body of Christ is, then we aren't going to be a low-life slave marrying Jesus. You're going to be a princess. You're going to be adorned. You're going to be surrounded with pomp, with pomp and circumstance that He puts on you, because God wants you to prosper. He wants it. You want you to. And we're in that moment. And here in Psalm 119, verse 89, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Every single word of God is going to be quoted throughout eternity forever. It's not going to change. When you leave earth and you get to heaven and you say, Wow, I don't have to worry about reading the Bible now. Ha! God news for you. The Word of God is already etched throughout the heavens, and it will be in your face every day of eternity. So you might as well learn it now, because you'll look, you'll look smarter when you get there. You're going to learn it, because it's not going to change. God's Word will forever be with us. Ever and ever and ever. Not one word of God's will ever be broken. How do I know that? Because if God broke one of his own words, <coughs> he would have to cease to exist. He can only swear by himself, because there is no one higher. So God's word never, ever returns void. His word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Mark 10.34, who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him? Three days later, he will rise. Jesus came <coughs> and gave his teachings into the earth. They spit on him. They mocked him. They flogged him and they killed him. But three days later, he rose from the dead. The grave couldn't hold him. Satan couldn't hold him. None of the demons could hold him. Nothing stops God's word. Jesus was the word manifest in the flesh. And we are the bride of Christ. Isaiah 53 Verse 3 through 6. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces, because they can't stand to look, it's so bad. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain, he bore our sufferings. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced 
for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We are all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. That's right. Jesus took it all for you. Whoever you are, if you heard this message, Jesus suffered, took the pain for you. To get you out of slavery from where you are. The question is, will you walk out of that slavery? Or will you continue in it because it's comfortable? You're in your comfortable place. Jesus said, I give you life. And I give it to you more abundantly. Choose life. I put before you life and death. Choose life. That's what he says. Second Corinthians 5.21 God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you know that you're the righteousness of God? You are the righteousness of God, if you are in Christ. He is the righteousness of God, and He became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. He didn't do it so He could. He was already righteous. He laid it down. So if you're not acting righteous with God, you're in slavery. Come on. We can't act dumb. Jesus did it for us. Right standing with God is able to stand next to God with not a blemish on you because you're in right standing with God. How did you get there? You accepted the gracious gift of Jesus the Christ. And you accepted being the bride of Christ. You accepted it. That's the only way you can become righteous. You are the righteousness of God. Act like it. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 3. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. I'm going to go back and read that. Let's just say heals some of your diseases, heals once in a while your diseases. Does he give you one or two benefits? No. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being. Praise Him. Praise the Lord. And forget not all His benefits. What are His benefits? There's such a benefit package that comes with accepting Jesus. Who forgives all, all, all your sins. He didn't 
exclude any, all, all. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you think it is. All are forgiven and heals all your diseases. He didn't number them and say 553 diseases are healed. 732, he didn't do that. He said all. Don't mock God. Don't mock Jesus. Don't spit on Jesus. That's what he's saying. Take what he did, acknowledge it, and begin to act like you understand it. Don't be living as a slave in the darkness anymore. Come into the light and come in to where you can acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord. Quickly, Romans 8, verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. There you have it. Don't let fear, doubt, low esteem take you into slavery, but rather, rather acknowledge the fact that He who raised Jesus from the dead, that same anointing, is in you, and that you are the sons and daughters of God, and we are to act like it. Don't act, don't walk around with your head down, lift it up, and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is my heavenly Father. I am the righteousness of God. I am the bride of Christ. And I will act like it, think like it, talk like it, walk like it, and be all that God created me to be. Well, we're out of time. And I'd like to just say, I enjoy being all in with the Lord. And I pray that each one of us together will come closer together, all in with the Lord, acknowledging and receiving the fullness of what he wants for us to accomplish on the earth while we're still in our body. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.